All right, everybody, welcome back to the showcast. And our guest this week is someone whose career has spanned all sorts of great projects over the years. You've seen him in movies such as The Dark Knight, Pacific Rim, uh, one of my personal favorites, which is Johnny English Reborn, uh, also on TV, <laughs> TV projects, uh, TV shows such as Revenge, Game of Thrones, and now he can be seen in AMC's Turn, Washington Spies. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Burn Gorman. Burn, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. That is what I call an introduction. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, no problem at all. I, I feel like I have to apologize ahead of time, though, um, just because we may jump around a little bit because, as I said, you have so much that you've done uh, over your career, and I, I want to get to at least as much of it as possible within uh, the time that we have with you. Uh, but uh, so before we go any further, I want to jump right to AMC's turn because uh, that's what you're you're currently on right now. So for people who are listening who haven't seen it yet, uh, what can you tell us about the show and and your character? Okay, so I'm trying to um, not come across as a history nerd, but this is like one of the, my the favorite projects, my favorite projects I've ever worked on. This is a drama on AMC about essentially the America's first spy ring. It is a true story based on these true American heroes who basically helped turn the tide of the war against the British in the American, in the Revolutionary War. And uh, it's essentially a spy story, um, which is very exciting about these incredible, very normal uh, people. We're in season two now. And uh, it's getting further and further into the into the uh, the maze. Um, but they were they were absolute heroes that, that really did turn the tide of the war. And that George Washington set up the spy ring. It, it's a very interesting story. And, yeah, and they were like essentially, essentially farmers that started uh, this spy ring, correct? Yeah, that's right. It's pretty unglamorous. Like <laughs> the actual. The main character is, is played by the great actor Jamie Bell, um, and he is plays a cabbage farmer, which um, <laughs> doesn't sound exceedingly glamorous. But yeah, these, basically these guys were a bunch of childhood friends, and the reason they were never discovered, you know, these uh, letters were found in the 1930s that had these code names on them this, in, in Washington's correspondence. And, uh, you know, but at the time, they were, they were never discovered. Uh, they were childhood friends. They would never let anyone else in to the group. They had these, um, you know, very new spy techniques. You know, back then, it was a very ungentlemanly thing to do to be a spy. It wasn't like, you know, the image that perhaps we have nowadays of, you know, James Bond or whatever. It, it, was, it was kind of frowned upon, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, by the by the by the generals, anyway. Um, but these were just a group of very ordinary people who were, you know, um, didn't want to be pushed around anymore. And so, uh, you know, they they created this firing and 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 were never discovered. So yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> well, quite a bunch of people. Your character, Major Hewlett, might be one of the nicest British people ever portrayed that I've seen. <laughs> he's he's like he he kind of <laughs> seems like a, a guy you like. Rather than um, some of the other characters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, um, I've I've sort of made my career playing 
shall we say, morally questionable uh, <laughs> uh, jerks. Um, and uh, to be to be honest, it was one of the things that really attracted me about this project is that they were very keen to show how it wasn't kind of black and white, you know, Americans versus versus British. It was kind of friend against friend and family against family. You know, right. a lot of people living in America were loyal to the crown and didn't want to be separate. They didn't want to mm-hmm. be independent. And there was all these layers of, you know, the guy I play, Major Hewlett, is a essentially kind of middle manager. You know, like today's warfare, these guys are, you know, incredibly brave and get put in these situations that perhaps they don't want to be in. Um, and he's trying to do the best that he can, you know. So, you know, I wanted to portray him as a man, as, a, as not, not perhaps not as the idea of the dastardly villains that, that all the Brits were. You know, there was a lot of good people involved in, in a misguided um, uh, venture, but, right. you know, they were, they were trying to do the right thing. And he, and he believed in that, you know, that, that they the Americans were subjects to the king you know a lot of the Brits did believe that at that time right we don't and learn about it much in, in England I wonder why we <laughs> <laughs> sort of not taught it at school much. I was going to say um, I mean even you know you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier are you a bit of a, a history buff before that yeah, you know before yeah. you were even on the show yeah definitely you, and I guess growing up in England, even though you are a bit of a history buff, did you know as much as you did, as much about the the American Revolution? They probably are they they're not like it's been a while. I can't imagine they're still bitter. Well, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I was actually born in in Los Angeles. Right. I am actually an American, but I was brought up in London. So I'm sort of there's there's lots of people on the show, Americans playing Brits and Aussies playing Irish and Irish playing you know. <laughs> Um, we, no, we don't really learn about the American Revolution too much <laughs> at school. It's kind of like glossed over um, because we lost. I mean, let's be honest. You know, so, but you know what I love about? I love the idea and the purity of the idea of creating a nation where everyone has the right to be free, free yeah. from religion free from you know kings and queens it's a it's a beautiful ideal you know and i had some i've got so much love and respect for those founding fathers of this great country um for their idealism and their heroism you know i mean they were they were insurgents yeah a lot of them yeah and i mean and and, and it was instant death you know you were caught it was instant death so i i just I just think they were true heroes, you know. It's it's crazy too, because I mean, something like like what happened then would have never happened, at least not the same way that it would today with to the way technology is and everything. Like it, it's crazy that you know they're sneaking notes in little wooden ships and, and things of that nature, where now you could yeah. send somebody like a private message on Facebook or Twitter or something, and <laughs> like it's completely different. It totally is. And we discovered through doing the series that there was no, you know, like invisible ink. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we get it in joke shops now, but you know, <laughs> back then it was a huge deal when Washington introduced this invisible ink 
to the spies, they used it. And it was a big deal. They were creating spycraft as they were going along. There wasn't a kind of manifesto of, you know, this is how you do whatever. It was all yeah. kind of making it up. And, and like I say, you know, if you got caught, you'd be hung the next day. Yeah. There's no two ways about it. That, <laughs> that's that crazy. It. You'd get caught behind every line. But that's, that was just the deal, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, they're kind of creating as they go along. In the future episodes, I don't think I'd spoil it by saying you start to see incredibly, you know, um, well, there's this thing called the Turtle, which was basically the world's first submersible, which was used to, you know, go into the harbour and plant bombs against the hulls. You know, this, hmm. this was like incredibly um, in, ingenious, uh, you know, engineering yeah. um, that came about and, yeah, and, for the and during this war there were so many techniques and weapons made and you know it was a very exciting time in terms of spycraft you know yeah and i think you know i think amc has a, another hit on their hands with this one i mean and, and up until maybe 2007 or, or 2008 nobody probably really even thought twice uh, about amc having an original series i mean you know, Mad Men came out in 2007. We talked to um, a gentleman, Christopher Plaha, last week who was on a few episodes of it. And he said, you know, when he tried out for or he auditioned for um, Don Draper when the, when the show first came out, nobody thought, you know, anything of it. They're like, oh, it's just, you know, AMC. Nobody thought or knew it was going to be the hit that it was. And with Break, Breaking Bad in 2008, Walking Dead starting in 2010. I mean, do you think you would have even auditioned for – any show, let alone, you know, a historical show on AMC maybe even 10 years ago? Yeah. <clears throat> it's crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, they, uh, I they've come what, a really long way. I think what they have, in my very small experience with them, I mean, I, I've genuinely had the best, you know, they have a commitment to quality, which I think, I can't speak, about many other networks, because I have, you know, I've worked on a few, but they have a commitment, and it feels like, with something like Mad Men, if you, you know, if you looked at, and Breaking Bad, if you looked at the ratings for the first few series, if you'd just taken it from that, you'd kind of think, well, you know, there's this kind of, there's a, you know, there's, there's enough people watching it, but it certainly isn't this kind of zeitgeisty thing that Breaking Bad and Mad Men became. Right. You know, and, and, and the ambition on turn is something that I really credit AMC for, you know, pursuing. With a costume drama, especially historical costume drama, you have to go big or go home. You know, you can't, specifically with things like the costumes and the whatever, you can't just do a half-assed, half-assed, um, <laughs> you, you have to commit and, and that means budget you know and it also means saying that it, it's a high risk strategy it'd be so much simpler to, to film something in offices with people wearing suits it's much cheaper you know turn is a massive undertaking just from the livestock alone in a scene you've got sheep and cows and horses and us as the viewer don't you know, you kind of don't think about it, but you know, just the 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 effort alone to make the scene, you know, <laughs> authentic. 
is huge. And I've got much respect for them for that commitment because that's what ultimately makes these series that stand the test of time. I believe, anyway, you know. Um, and then they have something like The Walking Dead, which, I mean, on paper you could sort of think, okay, you know, it was Frank Darabont at the first, and it had, you know, obviously it was a massive comic book anyway, mm-hmm. but it's just become a complete phenomenon. I mean, who would have thought that you'd still be able to get the 14, 15 million viewers, you know? Yeah. Crazy. <clears throat> Um, on, on the same note as, as Walking Dead and, and switching gears to, um, you know, obviously a little bit more fantasy uh, like Walking Dead is, uh, another show that you were on in the past that I was a fan of, uh, so I'm probably going to geek out a little bit here, is you were in the first two seasons of Torchwood on BBC. Um, and I know you had you had mentioned earlier you were born in the U.S., but you grew up in the U.K., so I got to ask, just because you were you grew up in the U.K., were you a Doctor Who fan growing up? Yes, I was. <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit like, well, you know, is it? I don't know if you're Doctor Who fans, but you kind of know the, the perhaps the resonance it has in the UK simply from, firstly, how long it's been around, you know, the longest running sci-fi show in the world. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just remember it always being part of my life. You know, when you came home from school, it was on. And Tom Baker particularly was such a huge kind of iconic character. It was his silhouette with the scarf and his hair and everything. You know, he was just always part of our lives. So when they phoned and said, particularly that Russell T. Davis and the the producer at the time, Julie Gardner, were producing this spin-off, I was a bit like, well... You know, I would love to be part of the canon in any way. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really described to us what Tortured was going to be, except that it was a more adult crap show and, you know, there was going to be different things in it. And I think, like, looking back now, I obviously have huge fondness um, for the show and, and, and the cast still, obviously, because it didn't turn out the way I don't think that anyone thought it would. It was a tricky... As you know, you either love it or hate it. Mm -hmm. Some of the episodes are really good, and some of them are just pretty crappy. (laughs) Well, Doctor Who was was the same way. I mean, you know, there are the episodes that were great, because I am myself a huge Doctor Who fan, and there were episodes that were the same way. There were episodes that you loved, and then there were episodes that were just utter, you know, complete throwaway garbage but you still love them all the same whether they were great or they were bad so yeah, um and I I, agree. i'm I'm curious being a doctor who fan and then doing torchwood i mean because you you were in a cast that was surrounded by john berriman who himself is a fantastic actor and um <laughs> i yeah, i can only fun. imagine what it would be like to work, to work with him on set because i've seen <laughs> I, I've seen behind the stage stuff, behind the scenes stuff, where you know he can be a complete serious deadpan actor, but he is a complete goofball, you know, behind the scenes. So, yeah, he really led by example. Though I think, <laughs> honestly, he he actually is um, an extremely good company leader, as it were, because he um, he knows how much these things take, 
you know, the, the time and, uh, you know, say you're on a night shoot or something like that. And John leads by example. He 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 works really hard. That he plays hard as well. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very, very. It was a. It was great. Very warm. You know, great technicians, great actors. We were we were left to our own devices in a corner of Wales. We really were. Like people called us the small show and and the Doctor Who were the big show. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just like we were sort of left alone and and. Um, Looking back, though, in 2000 and, God, it was almost 2006 now, 2007, you know, it's almost almost 10 years ago. Um, it was the first show on British television, I think, that really kind of presented sexuality, pansexuality, bisexuality as a non-issue. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an issue. It just was what people were like, which is the reality, you know? Whatever you're into, you're into, and I, and I loved the fact that there was no judgment about it. And and it, yes, it was sometimes it was done in a crass way. And you know, my character in particular was a jerk. You know, <laughs> he, he, he was a you know he, he was a spiky, quite unlikable character. But I always feel as an actor, it's not my job to make my characters likable. It's my job to make them human. And to show the grey areas, and you know, and and I want to elicit a strong reaction from the audience. And if that's hate or dislike, then at least it's something. It's memorable. You yeah. Know, it's not a kind of bland, vanilla, um, you know, presentation. So I, I, I loved, I loved doing torture. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And I don't think anything will be made like that again. Um, with that, with the sort of chaos around it, um, yeah, you know, it was. I've got very fond memories of it, yeah. And, the f- and also, go ahead. Sorry to go on. <clears throat> it, it attracts a certain type of people. When when somebody comes up to me and says, "Oh, I love tortured," I I know that they're going to be uh, good fun. You know, like, <laughs> You could have a good time down the pub with him, you know. But you, me- you mentioned the fact that your character was a jerk, and I think it's it. I think it's fitting that the fact that because your character was a jerk, your character died twice throughout the co- right. <laughs> at the course of the show. Um, and I'm I'm curious too, you know, being a Doctor Who fan and, and being on Torchwood, were you? It never happened, and I know fans of the show kind of wished it did every once in a while. But did you ever wish at any point that the show would cross back over, if only just for an episode, back into Doctor Who, just so you could say you were on Doctor Who? Oh, do you know what? I I you know secretly, of course, I would love that, but I think that tone of my character and his place within Tortured was a completely different tone to Doctor Who. And I think that it just wouldn't have sat right, I think. You know, it, it mm-hmm. was fine for, for the others to go through, but I can't, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, obviously, never say never. I, I would love to have um, turned up in some, you know, some space bar somewhere or something. But, uh, but yeah, it, I, it shall remain... Um, <laughs> One of those things that I'll always wish that you know never happened. Not to worry, you know. Well, I mean, there's there's rumor that um, that Stephen Moffat is open to bringing back Captain Jack and River Song to the you know the current iteration of the Doctor. Oh really? So okay. who's to say that the Doctor couldn't stumble upon a timeline where you and the rest of Torchwood are still around? <laughs> yeah, that's 
I think all that lot have had enough of me. So <laughs> I think they think that I'm I'm like Owen, so they they try and avoid me as much as possible. You know? <laughs> I, I know we're we're running yeah, a little short. Yeah, that would be so cool. That, that would be. I know we're running a little, little short on time with you, but I really quick want to uh, mention Game of Thrones, uh, where you were on yeah. a few episodes as, as Carl Tanner, one of the Night's Watch, who kind of went a little rogue. Um, and I heard sure. that, that you're also a Game of Thrones fan. So I'm, I'm curious how different it was working on that compared to you know other shows that you worked on, especially with the the really large following that it's gained. I mean, you talk about the, the AMC shows, Breaking Bad and Mad Men, how they started out, and, and Game of Thrones has kind of done the same thing where it's just blown up. Oh, it's a monster, isn't it? Yeah, I was a massive fan. So I was, uh, if I'm honest with you, I was uh, got in touch and uh, said I'd do anything. You know, <laughs> you know, Casey's an actor. You write a letter or whatever, and I was like, yeah, come on, I'll do anything. I don't care. And uh, <laughs> so, so um, David and Dan, the creators, I think saw an audition. You know, saw something and say, okay, well, he can play that part. Uh, and, and that was in season three, which is, yeah, I was in it for like five seconds. And then they were very kind enough to bring me back for season four. And, and uh, uh, I don't think I've ever sworn so much in any other, uh, <laughs> any other part. I told my mum not to watch it. She said, oh, it's all right. I'll, I'll, I've seen you swear before. And she phoned me afterwards and said, oh, that was a bit blue, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I was such a massive fan. I, it was a, a dream come true, actually, and, and a really good bunch of people as well. You know, it, it uh, um, seems like I'm saying that about everything, but they're <laughs> obviously they had this huge undertaking in, right. you know, five different countries across the world, and, and um, they remain um, just absolutely fantastic people, very hardworking, um, but incredibly you know, a good bunch. It, it was a dream come true. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, uh, your story arc was great in, in season four, and it it was a little nerving too, because your character. I mean, you did. I, I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. <laughs> like, I was actually kind of worried <laughs> that I like you know with That's Game right. of Thrones, anything can happen. I thought Kit Harrington's That's character right. was going to die. Yeah, I didn't. Absolutely. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, they like to keep us on our toes, don't they? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who's going to be next. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens. I've got to be honest. Yeah, especially because they're diverting from the books now, so it's yeah. it's uh, it's oh, pretty much uh, you know a mystery to everyone at this point, which is good. That's right. I mean, it takes a little while, doesn't it? As a reader, you're like, oh, that's different, and there's a little bit of a jolt, but then they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do, and uh, and so I think dramatically, if something can be. Not improved in the books, but you know, if they sense that it would fit in to the uh, episode better for it to be a certain way, I think you've just got the. They, they really do know what they're doing. It's. It's. Uh, but it was very exciting to be part of it. Yeah, I was a bit. I was very uh, excited. Yeah. yeah well, I know we're running short on time, so we're going to get ready to to wrap things up with you. But uh, before we go, I just want to say, since we didn't get to talk about it a lot, uh, I'll just leave it with this. I think you. And Charlie Day were the true heroes of Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> because, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> because without you, the plan would have never worked. The original plan would have failed, and the whole world would have been gone. So there, you go. uh, yeah, there we are. Absolutely. For once, the scientists come up with the actual solution, which I was very <laughs> glad to be part of. I've got to be honest. Yeah. 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 It yeah, was great. Surprised a lot of people. Yeah. 
that's a fa- it's such a fantastic yeah. movie. Yeah, it really is. Well, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? It was it was a, a total immersive experience. And Guillermo, you know, as you know, is a genius. And uh, just to work with him for me was the thing. And so I just did what he asked me to do, and uh, uh, had a had a had a great time on it. You know. And you just and you just worked with him again too, and uh, with Crimson Peak. Yeah, have you seen the trailers for that? I have. I actually just watched yeah. it today. It looks really good. It, it is. Seriously, I mean, in terms of gothic horror, you know, you could be, you could think, oh yeah, but it's not actually going to scare me because it's, it is really, really scary <laughs> in the best possible classic way. Oh, and I and, love Tom um, Hiddleston again, too. to work on any of his sets is just incredible. It's totally practical. There's hardly any CGI. It's just a dream. Yeah, Guillermo really has is. Guillermo just has such an eye and for the visuals, and oh. it's it's fantastic. It's so lavish, and you can watch it so many times because there's always new detail in there. You know? Yeah, just amazing. Yeah, well, we'll have to have you back on in October when it comes out. Yeah, man, absolutely. <laughs> you, I'll hold you to that. Hey, great nope. talking to you. I appreciate all, it. all for it. Um, so we're going to wrap things up with you now. Uh, the finale is just a couple weeks away for Turn Washington Spies. Uh, it airs Monday nights on AMC at ten nine Central. Burn, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This was great. It was a total pleasure, Jen. Uh, Real pleasure. We're going to send people to follow you on Twitter, uh, at Burn Gorman on Twitter, and you're also on Instagram, at Burn Gorman 1. Um, so uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap things up, and we'll be back in just a few. Hang tight. Hang tight.